So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome back to Brian's Ron Pod, and today we have a very special guest joining us, and I couldn't be more thrilled, and it's not every day that we get to dive into the fascinating world of nutrition, and our guest is Joanne Hart, and she's going to be the perfect guide to this journey. Joanne is a brilliant mind behind The Health and Heart, a service dedicated to bridging the gap between nutritional science and practical food choices for her clients. Her expertise has been sought after by full-time athletes seeking peak performance as well as those of us who act have an active lifestyle and who yearn for guidance on how to nourish our bodies optimally. In this episode, Joanne will shed some light on the vital role of nutrition plays in the overall well-being. So please join me in extending a very warm welcome to Joanne as we explore how and what we put our, into our bodies as just as crucial as how we challenge them. How are you, Joanne, today? I'm good. It's just on holiday, as I was saying. Yeah. So always a bit uh, getting back started, but I'm, yeah, really good. Nice yeah. holiday in the fresh air. Yeah. I just wanted to start off, <laughs> as usually with my guesses, basically, were you quite active at school? And did that kind of dictate on what kind of career you were going to go into? No, was I active at school? I used to do like the athletics and the running was yeah. my thing. I used to more you know, individual sports and then just whatever was you had to do at school other than that, really. Mm. But I did, I was in a member of a running club when I was about 11 or 12. Mom took me, right. keep me busy in the evening. So that's where it came from in the first point. But then I, but then I, I went to university to engineering oh, right. and then okay. um, worked in engineering. Yeah. For quite a few years. And then I moved into IT. So I've had oh, those right. kind of jobs. Yeah. And then when I was doing that, I've always been running just as my hobby. And then I started doing, I started looking to yoga first. Oh, okay. And I did some yoga training and then I went to America for a couple of years, my husband. Right. And so then when I came back, I had a sabbatical from that job and I came back, I went and did nutrition training. Right. It's always been an interest. It didn't just come out of the blue. So yes. yeah, yeah. it just developed over time. Okay. What, what, what were you do, doing in IT by the way? I worked at Mars, you know, the chocolate company. Yes, yeah. yeah, so as infrastructure okay. role. Okay. So started oh, right. off supporting so, people there, then line manager after about eight years. Yeah. So there is a bit of a tenuous link with food and. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, engineering as well. The engineering I did was that was obviously science based. That was yeah. like car industry. I worked at Land Rover, BMW. Oh, right. Okay. And yeah, and then before that, Dunlop Tires and nutrition is using a lot of those skills in a different yeah. manner because you're using yeah. your looking at test results and you're piecing bits together for people, yeah. that kind of thing. So oh, people right. engineering, perhaps, is another yeah. way of calling it. Yeah, I suppose there's quite a lot of science yeah. in it. Yeah. So what kind of draw you into nutrition? Is it just always been a subject that you've been always been interested in? or? Uh, I think I always recognised the link between food and my health yeah. early on, like my digestive system. And I think like a lot of runners – even in the early days, I could I would notice my tummy was a bit sore sometimes, that kind of thing. Mm. And then 
Yeah, when I was at Mars, it was just a really full-on job. I enjoyed it, but it's stressful whether stress is good or bad. It's losing a lot of your energy, isn't it, that kind yeah. of role. Yeah. I, I went to see the doctor, and they said I had IBS, which lots of people get diagnosed with, and there's not a lot they can offer for that. Mm. And then I went and looked for a nutritionist myself. I started looking for alternative – it's not alternative health, but for alternative options. Right. And I went to see a nutritionist myself, a nutritional therapist. Yeah. And that once you do something like that and you start learning all these other possibilities, it stokes your interest in things. Oh, right. Okay. And yeah. And then, and I, yeah, over time, I had a coach at work to help with my development of things. I guess I started thinking about my longer term, what, what interested me, as right. opposed to right. just being directed in a corporate environment as well. Okay. How does the sort of you, your education start in doing nutrition? So you've, you've set yourself this path that I will do nutrition. What do you? What, what is the path in terms of getting yourself? Did you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I went and did a nutritional therapy degree. So right. it's okay. a science degree. So I've got a bachelor's science degree in yeah. nutritional therapy. So that was a three-year course. And you can do it over four, five, six years because they allowed people to do part-time as well. Hmm. And I did it over four just because I didn't want to be home studying all the time. And I spent the spare time going to some other training and things and uh, you know, living life in a different manner. Yeah. Um, but you can call people call themselves a nutritionist without qualifications. It's a really, mm. it's a quite a political environment in the whole nutrition world. You have dietitians work predominantly in the NHS, but some work privately. Mm. So they've got a certain type of qualification. Then you have, nutritional therapist and I'm part of one a group called BANT which is a British association for nutritional therapy and lifestyle medicine yeah. and within that group uh, you have to have a degree I, right. you didn't always used to have one but I've always had one so you have to have a degree to get into that group and be registered with a professional body mm. and then you have you'll have another group of nutritionists that work a bit more perhaps in food science that kind of thing maybe more factories. Yeah, there's always different groups. Mm. We've all got our own bodies doing different things. But my organisation, with our training, we're specifically monitored on our like cl- clinical training. So we get supervised mm. when we're doing one-to-one consultations with people. Mm. And we're using evidence-based science. We look at research right. around what to do. But we can. what I can do is I can help an individual so I don't have to follow a protocol for a specific thing yeah. that somebody's got an illness or whatever. I think I can talk to that person, yeah. ask all the questions, understand their history, their their life, and yeah. help them more on a specific basis. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, but is it because you're able to do that, does that mean you're yeah. able to break off into, okay, I was interested in sports and improving performance through nutrition sort of thing, as well as those who people mm-hmm. who are like myself – you know, being able to improve their nutrition through their regular lifestyle sort of thing. Is that- yeah. So I suppose I I don't say, I don't specifically say, and maybe I need to for my marketing, I don't say I'm a sports nutritionist. I haven't right. done okay. that. Hmm. I, because to me, that perception is more somebody that's, I don't know, more specifically helping somebody with how many energy gels to have for a race. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of thing. Hmm. Whereas... I'm more thinking about, is this person fit and healthy? How's their digestive system? Because if you've got digestive issues, you won't be running as well. You might not be training. Are they sleeping well? Because if they're not sleeping well, they're not going to have the motivation to train. How's their life load, their stress? Because 
if they've got a lot going on there, again, they're not going to be building muscle. They're going to yeah. be potentially breaking down muscle because yeah. of the hormones and things. So, yeah. so I'm looking at that bigger picture. And we have a triangle shape. Um, and like on the bottom triangle, the triangle bottom layer, it's your daily life and your nutrition yeah. there. And yeah. that might include supplements. Yeah. And the next level is like, when would you eat food and for your fuel and recovery? Right. And then the next level might be those like ergogenic aids, like caffeine or, or something. But you're dipping in and out of those. But, but the reality is the people that I see are, are more people that have got a full-time job that that really love doing their sport mm. at the weekends and maybe have an event coming up or they just want to do some sport to get fit yeah. or it's keeping their mood in a good place, that kind of person. But it's still very, very serious for them or, you know, or they know they need to do a bit more and something's getting in the way. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you think, oh, no, I don't know, but it's, it's becoming more and more people are finding out more and more about it. Even my daughter is um, into uh, plant-based foods. Whenever she comes home from uni, we have to get by the, mm. the plant-based milk or whatever. Do you think uh, yeah. over time, over the last maybe five to ten years, or maybe shorter, five years, that people have become yeah. a lot more aware of kind of their nu- nu- nutritional needs? I think when COVID came along, I reckon a lot of people then realised that they could do things to look after themselves more. I think there was a whole realisation there with a group of people, yeah, mm. around that. So I think that was interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of people that don't know it, though. And, and I think also there's so many things in the media now, aren't yeah. there? There's TV programmes, there's celebrities releasing a cookbook or a TV show or a blog yeah. of this is how I did it. Yeah. This is how you should do it. Yeah. There's doctors that are now becoming nutritionists as well. <laughs> you know, like they, they say, yeah. I'm a doctor, so I'm a nutritionist. All these other health professionals tag on nutrition or they might go and do another course as well. Yeah. So there's loads of people offering it. And, and then everybody eats food. So everybody has an opinion on what we should eat. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not is there anything else where somebody else is going to have an opinion on what we should put in our own bodies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I always yeah. think. Yeah. Can we go back to basics? So let's say I come to you or what advice would you give in terms of I've, I lead a relatively, I do running three times a week. What sort of basic advice would you give someone? about their kind of nutritional needs. I know it's very... Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want to know if there's anything getting in the way of them progressing in that those activities yeah. or anything they feel they might want to learn more about. That would probably be a starting point. Mm. And that's when somebody will then say, I, need, I want to lose a bit of weight. Yeah. That might be one topic, yeah? yeah? That comes yeah. up a lot. Yeah. Not always at the beginning, though, often at the end. Um, somebody might say, I'm not sleeping well, mm. so I'm not managing to get up for my morning gym session. And I know if I did that, I'd run better because I'd have less injuries. Yeah. Okay. So I'd be looking for those things. And then I'd be making nutritional suggestions around those. Right. So like with the weight one, if I had somebody, I don't know, it's in their 40s, 50s, who's got a sedentary job, I might say to them, have you done any basic blood tests first? We might do those where you look at cholesterol and some vitamins at that kind of level that you might get done at the doctors, but mm. often you don't get those things done unless you've got an illness. Mm. 
so I can help people with those and I'd interpret them and help them do that. Mm. And then I'd be looking at their food diary and I I don't need them to write a really detailed one for me. It's more just a general, what do you eat over a few days? Yeah. And we'll have a conversation like we are now about, is this the right breakfast for you for the fuel? That kind of conversation. Mm. Then normally challenges come up in everybody's life as a reason why we're doing it. Mm. A lot of people might say, I eat like this because the wife or the kid likes this food. Yeah. So a bit of it might be me coaching my yeah. person about, well, when you need to eat more oily yeah. fish for you, for yes. your reason. Right. So when can you get this into yeah. your diet? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then less so now. In the past, a lot of people would have travelled quite a lot abroad. Um, and so they have got another challenge. They've got all these different scenarios. They've got their what they eat at the weekends. They've got their, what they eat in the week when they're commuting into London. They've got what they eat when they're abroad for mm. a week with work all these different things and it's what do I do when I'm training recovery nights all those different things yeah there's there's so many different things we I've trained in the it's called the uh, functional medicine model so because spiders spiders web and each little intersection you've got different health aspects so you've got or systems like your digestive system, your like your immune system, your hormones which is a big one it's your male female but also your thyroid and your stress hormones You've got your structure, which is like your bones and your skin. You've got your energy. It's about eight or nine of them. And if you ping the spider's web, you know, on the digestion, the other areas are going to shake a bit. So everything, all these little sections interact with each other. Yeah. And that, that's the difference with this kind of approach. Whereas traditional medicine, you'll go and see the physio for your shoulder. Yes. They might yes. not look at your toe. Yeah. Okay. That kind of thing. Some might. Or you'll go down the pathway of a cardiovascular consultant in a medical environment whereas with this nutrition approach i'm asking all different questions about different areas to look at what i might do and it might be they've got i don't know maybe their weight's an issue for them yeah and then but it might turn out that they're eating certain kind of food because their digestive system isn't great for them and they're avoiding lots of other foods because they're having reactions and things Mm. Yeah. yeah. So like some people might be cutting out the fiber because when they run, it sends them to the loo. But if they're cutting out the fiber all the time, that may have a long term impact on them in other ways. So you step back and see what we can do to work with that. So the, the cutting out the fiber and it's sending them to the loo all the time. Is that what you're saying? Is, is, is it? Yeah. Or it would do the other way around because they might maybe that yeah they're having too much fiber and then when they run maybe that sends them to the toilet when they're doing their long run or something so they might decide i need to eat my bagels because they're white white bland food yeah but some runners get into that pattern don't they of doing that all the time yeah and then often those ones might be slim as well slim people and because they're running so much Mm. so they might think i don't need to worry about the kind of food quality that i'm having but actually maybe it's catching up with them somewhere else in their system. Yeah. Do you, because I know sometimes, it, I don't know if you if you get this problem when you're talking to some of the clients, is that because you're talking to a particular individual and they're having to change their particular nutritional habits or whatever, that it's going to affect the rest of the household because it's only them. Yeah. I'm only saying that because <laughs> of a family uh, member. Yeah is going through the same thing and they've been advised not to have carbs after breakfast and then and so it 
although they, they've had they're benefiting because yeah. they're losing weight and, and that kind of thing but i'm just saying if i did the same thing in in my household it'd be like you know, mm. my, my life would be eyes to the ceiling sort of thing oh no we have to accommodate food for you do you ever get that scenario yeah. you know uh, yeah but some people will just make it happen and yeah. they're able yeah. to yeah get what they want yeah and yeah, do yeah. it Depends whereas how committed, other people will yeah yeah yeah, yeah, or just they're able to, whereas other people it's less easy. So it's, it's like a white elephant in the room. I'm talking to someone and I'm thinking, yes, yeah, they're listening, but it's not going in, that kind of thing. And so then it's what I just say, what might get in your way of this happening? Yeah. So and the, then it'll be like therapist yeah. consultation type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. much coaching and things coaching, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Coaching yeah. people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 And um, then you'll find out. And a lot of it is helping people then to adjust or to accommodate other people or to guess what the other person might say and have an answer. I just talking to somebody who works in a restaurant and they get given food there that obviously isn't suiting them, Mm. but they don't want to say no to the people that are giving them the food, but they know, I know that food is bothering them. Yes. So there's a bit of coaching then, isn't there about, do you want to carry on like that? How how ill are you? How is this affecting your sport? How whatever, mm-hmm. or what might you do differently? And also, do you think and it's sometimes? Also, yeah, yeah. Do you mm-hmm. think also? Sorry. I'm only going from my experience, but that you're in this cycle that you've always ate this way, and it's trying to break out, yeah. trying to break yeah. it out of it, sort of thing. To and if you do break out of it, it's only a very short period of time, and then suddenly you get wrapped up in the cycle again. So. What's, yeah, I think what, for what some would, people, yeah. What would you advise on 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 how to continue on the new regime? How to keep going about habit about habit forming. Yeah. So again, when I talk to people, some people want loads of information from me, mm. but they can't possibly do all of those things between mm. the two consultations, mm. and then they might cancel their next consultation because they feel like they haven't achieved. Yeah. But the reality is, is I'm not expecting them to have done everything because life gets in the way, doesn't it? And things happen. Mm. And then there's other people where we might uh, say all this list, what, what are your top couple of things that you want to do? Let's create a habit of those. And just drinking enough water might, it might be a basic one for some people. Might be the first thing to do. Mm. They go, oh, I know I should drink enough water, but I don't, and that's affecting me. It's a basic, isn't it? But that comes up a lot. Or getting enough protein in each meal, that kind of one. So then we just choose a couple of them and then the next session we see how they've got on with that. Right. So you just choose two very, uh, a couple of maybe pieces of information, not major changes, yeah. just two, maybe a couple, one or two things that they can take away with them and to change that. Try to. It's very hard though. When I've got all this knowledge, I want to impart on them <laughs> and, they, and they want to get all this knowledge from me in the amount of time they're seeing me. So I have to just see how it goes. But realistically, if you're coaching and you're wanting to make effective change, that's going to happen yeah. again and again and get to your results. You, the, all the recommendations, aren't they, that you create new habits. So you, that thing that you're doing becomes like driving a car. Yeah. You just know how to do it. And also, is it that book like Atomic Habits? It says that you should tag on a habit to something else that you do. So you clean your teeth every day without thinking. Yeah. I might say, put your vitamin pot next to that so that every day when you clean your teeth, you have your vitamin. Yeah. There's a lot of people buy them and don't take them. Or as another one, I think it said, like, have when you have a shower, 
if you want to do meditation, do it after that. I think I heard somebody on those calm apps or something talking about that. Mm. So that you always try and do these things when you've got something else on yeah. the go. Yeah. Is this if I say to people, not that I'm, I used to be a fitness instructor, but the thing is that if you're going to do, yeah. Yeah. if you were going to yeah. do a particular form of exercise, think about, let's say you, you go to work. So either you, why not walk to work or run to work because it's mm. your yeah. link. Because you're doing it already. You're doing it already. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The thing, the challenge I have is that if I only give that kind of information to people, they will be like, some people will be like, oh, well, I could have worked that out for myself. And they're maybe not getting the knowledge that I have. Right. How do I do that? Yeah. And you must have had that as a fitness trainer as well. Mm. And sometimes you always think I need people to do a pre-test before they come and see me, that I know they're doing some of the basics. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But there is something about that, about knowing your audience, isn't there, and where they're at. So I have to work it out. When I talk to them. Yeah. But I just raised the question yeah. that basically, do you think because you are, they're not only are they coming to you as a, a specialist in nutrition, but you end up being a psychologist to a certain extent in terms of. Yeah, you're, I mean, you are, was, yeah you're helping with the mind, aren't you? Because yeah, any so. anybody that's helping somebody change something is, yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, because you're asking questions that help people to decide. And I, I just say things like on a scale of one to 10, how determined are you to make this change? That's, that'd be one question I'd yeah. say to somebody. Mm. And then they'd go, oh, I'm a five. And then you go, what do you need to do to get it to an eight? Mm. And then they'll go, oh, I can't do that because this is happening. Yeah. Or yeah. so-and-so is doing this or whatever. Then we'll talk through it. And then maybe you readjust the goal or something and make it a bit more simple or change it. Yeah. yeah that's what we used to do as fitness instructors. Even That was like yeah. 20 years ago on the coaching things. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. What exactly. is it that yeah. would get in the way? Yeah. Kind of yeah. But so you don't think there's no one size fits all in terms of the advice that you give to people? Because obviously no. at the end of the there's day, base, they, they yeah. yeah. So what would the basics be? Yeah. It's things like enough liquid, getting your sleep in, eating enough protein, oily fish, the oils, yeah. maybe vitamin D for many people. Yeah. Maybe a few other basic vitamins. Those are probably ones on top of my head. And then I've got access to a lot of what are called functional tests, so scientific tests that people can do. Mm. So with those ones, you can go into more detail with different vitamins and minerals. So they give you more of a snapshot of where you are on that day, obviously, but that can then help you to tailor the plan a bit more. And people quite, quite like that kind of information. So I use that with some people that want to invest the time. And also you can do things called uh, nutrigenomics, which is, it's like nutrition genetics. So you do a blood sample, used to be saliva, and it looks at certain SNPs, which are your variations in your DNA that might be associated with certain vitamins and minerals. So, for example, like there's one with vitamin D, and if you have that variation, it, it means that you might have more of a predisposition to needing more vitamin D mm. than another person. Mm. So if that came up on a test, I might say to that person, let's do you a vitamin D blood test to make mm. sure we know where you're at. But there's lots of different ones around that that I use with people. So just predisposition, but they do help the conversation when people are going into it. And you, there's sports ones that you can do as well that I've used with a few athletes. that People that are more curious, that just want to get information, but they also understand that it's, just, it's a snapshot, but it will guide them around the vitamins and, and different things. And there's a whole package you can do around that with different topics. 
So on that, so once you've got these results, do you do like a balance between, okay, you take these supplements, but as well you change the food you're eating to give you the vitamins and protein or carbohydrates? Yeah, I suppose the reality is that with vitamins and supplements, you've got ones that are maybe like an insurance policy. So somebody might take a multivitamin, yeah, just a cover of everything. Then you might have ones that are a bit more tailored. So like some women might need to take iron tablets, okay. even yeah. though they might be seeing enough meat. For them, it might just be important they need to do that. Mm. And then some other people might take probiotics for a few weeks after a holiday when they got a bit of a dodgy tummy, a bit of food poisoning or something. That kind of approach. So I hope my mind is there's three different types. And those are the ones that most people know of. They've heard of probiotics, they've heard of iron, and they've heard of multivitamins. And so now just widen your thought process that there's a whole load of others out there. Some are more tailored to individuals. Some might be insurance policies and some might be more you take it for a few weeks, months to get you back to balance. Mm-hmm. And then you – but the ones that – because what I'm saying with the food part is that the food for some people might not be sufficient for what they need. Mm-hmm. They might, especially if you're doing a lot of sport and exercise, there might be certain things, I can't think on my top of my head, but there might be certain things that you just might benefit from taking a supplement for a period of time, as opposed to trying to eat loads of that food. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now back to the podcast. Do you find good, good, just, Fine, just good, changing good. the um, uh, the pace of, of it a bit? Do you find that working with athletes compared to, let's say, Common Old Garden Joe or whatever, do you find <laughs> it's very um, how different is that? Because obviously, I know you're, you're talking about talking to uh, someone whose job it is to to perform at a particular high high level. But do you say you have to yeah. adopt your approach a little bit differently? I think the reality is my people are uh, more people that have got jobs and as well. So they're, yeah. they're not just doing this yeah, as, as they're, they're not just doing their sport as their main thing. They're working as well than a lot of people. So they, that that's why I like working with sporty people mm. because they've got a goal or a reason why they're doing it. Mm. And for whatever reason, it might be they've got a goal to win, but it could just also be that they've got a goal that they want to keep running because they know that running offers them other things in their life. Like I said, like maintaining their mood or their weight or something else or their social group, that kind of thing. Mm. And I've forgotten the question now. What's the question? <laughs> I was just saying is that because, you know, you, know. If, you're doing, mm. if you're talking to, let's say, someone who is an athlete, do you find that your approach to talking to them or giving them nutritional advice is very different to, let's say, someone, you know, like, like myself? Yeah. Um, there's a lot more scenarios yeah. that's the thing yeah. yeah because if you're if you've got days across the week where you're training yeah. then you'll be thinking about what you're eating like before maybe during and after yeah. that 
and, and the after could be immediately, couldn't it, or day after for recovery. And then you might have people that are training every day of the week. They should have rest day, shouldn't they? But some people are. So their whole life is around when they eat for their sport. And then if you've got people that are not doing exercise, I'm probably encouraging them to do exercise. That's the reality, yeah, isn't it? Yes. Because we shouldn't be sedentary. So yes. these days, we shouldn't. So most people, we should be active, all of us. Yeah. So we should all really have a bit of a basic knowledge of fueling our sport. And and I suppose one of the biggest, one of the common topics I have with people is, if you're sitting at a desk all day, and you want to lose some weight, then eating a banana for your breakfast or snack isn't probably the best thing because you're not going to burn it off and and you. You eat a banana, it's fast sugar in your system. Yeah. So your glucose levels will rise, but you're not going anywhere because you're sitting at your desk. So that glucose has to be stored as fat in the body. Right. Whereas if you're about to do some exercise, you know, or you're going to the gym or running or whatever, then some fuel before that makes sense, doesn't it? We can get to the nitty gritty of whether you should have a banana before it or what time you should have it, but that's the comparison. So... uh, I have a lot of that discussion. And the athletes have probably got more flexibility with what they can eat, haven't they, really? Because yes. they're exercising more. And if you, I think that's one of the other messages. If you want to eat more food, exercise more. That, yeah. It kind of does fit for a lot of people, doesn't it? If you enjoy your food, then just make sure that you're an active person and you are walking rather than driving everywhere and keep moving and things. And yes. uh, you'll probably help yourself out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just the basic balance of life sort of thing, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But then you do get you do get the sporty people that are probably doing too much exercise, the other extreme, don't you? You've got the sedentary people that aren't doing any, but the ones in the middle, and then you've got the ones that are doing so much exercise that they're probably in that category of overtraining. Mm-hmm. And when they're there, they may be getting more colds and things because yeah. they're not recovering properly. They may be their their mood isn't as good. Mm. They might not realise. They maybe got other health issues, maybe more inflammatory things going on. They're called the itises, I don't know, sinusitis, those kind of things. You've got more inflammation in the body as well, because perhaps your body just can't keep up with the amount you're doing. Yeah. So that's a good category of people for me to work with as well. People that have got those things going on, I can help with yeah. fueling. But also athletes are going, they're, they're working mm-hmm. at such an optimum level that they, they could either go, because obviously they're training, either training for a particular event. Um, yeah. Be it. I don't know if it was an if it was a runner Olympic athlete. They're going, yeah. you know, they're set periodizing their training to go up to an event, sort of thing. Yeah, Everything. but, but, but do you, I don't think a lot of people are doing that are they? A lot no. of people that are recreational athletes, oh, they, right. they yeah. are yeah. running, they're entering a marathon. Yeah, that might just be the one, but then they're probably entering another one, another one. They're not really periodizing. No, their yeah. training. If they did. It might be easy to help some people because, again, like the weight loss one, a lot of people will do a marathon hoping to lose some weight. But the outcome is that they don't always lose weight. Some of them seem to put weight on for whatever reason. Maybe they're eating more or the stress. There might be different reasons for it. Whereas if they could give themselves a few months of just doing a bit more relaxed running and activity and focusing on their food, they could probably get to a better place before the next marathon. And probably achieve more mm. i would hope yeah <laughs> they've, they've got to want to do that and i understand that because i'm, I'm running but i do it as a social activity as well 
And I know I could be fitter if I did some different things or changed some of my training or whatever. But the reality of it is I think, do I want to do that and train on my own? Because my job involves me being on my own quite a lot with my work. And I, I don't want to go and work in the gym three nights on my own. No. When I could go out for a run with some friends and have the social mental aspect of it. Yeah. So you've got to balance it, haven't you, with what you want. You said you did some coaching in America. Is that right? Yeah. Kind I was called of. Coach Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we, we went there for my husband's job for a couple of years in California, which is really nice. Very nice. So we're in, to make we're friends. And it's Orange County. So that's yeah, Huntington yeah. Beach area. And you, you, yeah. you know the area? Yeah. Newport Beach. It was, it was lovely. And we live right by the beaches. And the weather's lovely all the time to get outside and things. Really active life. And I joined a running club to have a social life and make friends and things. Yeah. And yeah, over time, they just asked me if I wanted to help with coaching. And it was really that kind of coaching. I didn't have a qualification. That was the kind of coaching where I would be given an instruction to run with a group and look, make sure they're okay for a certain distance. Yeah. Or we did activities where we they would be gone all their perhaps in the fueling before half marathons and things. And so we'd have a stand on part of the run where people could try all these different things out and just see how they got on with them. The organisation that did it was actually a running club. So this running club, it's called a snail's pace. It's a great name, isn't it? Snail's pace. You could buy your trainers and things there. And then they would, you could sign up for, it probably be like a three month programme to do a half marathon, the Disney half marathon, for example. Okay. And then you'd have people to go out and train with each Sunday. So really nice social activity as well. So yes, that was what I did there. And then, in the UK, I did, when I came back, I did that, the UK run leader, the athletics run leader. Oh, yeah. Did that okay. training. Yeah, so I did that, but I didn't ever make use of it. Other than I worked for somebody else and did it for a little bit. I didn't actually set up my own groups because it's just the effort of doing that with all the other things I've got going on. But I, I did it. I was interested in that. And then I, I taught yoga when I was in America as well. So that's part of where some of this came from as well. Oh, right. Teaching that to some runners. Thank yeah. You. And that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Ron Pod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Ron Pod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.briansrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions. Please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 